John chapter 17. Title of the talk, do you want a title at the back there? The Scarlet Thread. That'll come into it a little later on. So John 17, this is where Jesus is praying and he's about to be crucified. And uh, he's praying to his father and he's talking about his disciples. And uh, in verse 1 it says, These words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. And he knew what was coming. The hour is come. Uh, glorify thy son. I mean, of course, he wasn't glorified hanging on the cross and being humiliated and scorned, but r rising from the dead is a pretty glorious event three days later. And uh, as it says in another place, seen many infallible proofs, 500 people at once, over 40 days, uh, God made sure there was plenty of proof that Jesus had risen from the dead. He glorified him. And, of course, Jesus glorified his father. Um, down in verse 5, Jesus says, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Jesus was with God in the beginning. It tells us that in the beginning of this, this book, uh, John chapter 1. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gave, gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known all, that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but I pray for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. As pretty powerful little passage where Jesus is making it clear that he's not really praying for the world as such. He's praying for this little group of people that are, have got this precious understanding, this gospel that uh, He's given them, but they understand that, that Jesus got it from God, from the Almighty God, and they have that revelation or that insight. And um, this is such a, a special thing because Jesus, as he says in another place, I'm going to go away, but you're going to, going to do the work. And just think of these, these 12, or Jesus, Judas was taken out of the, the picture, Paul the Apostle came in, so we've got 12 apostles and they're mentioned in Revelation, you know, as, as uh, foundations of the church. And from these people who were just, as we know, ordinary people, quite a, a range of individuals, fishermen and tax collectors and so on and so on, uh, he didn't choose the high and the mighty, the um, highly esteemed, but these people who were like himself, they were of no report, of no reputation, and uh, gave them this precious gospel. And uh, they have it, and, and he says that he's not going to take them out of the world, but he's going to leave them there. I don't pray for the world, but I pray for them because they're going to remain in this place. They have to endure on till the end here without me, in a sense, doing the work. Down in uh, verse 15, 
Oh, let's take 14. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil. This is where he says, you know, I don't, we're not going to sort of take these guys and sort of whisk them up to heaven. They're, you know, they're great guys, so let's just, you know, reward them now. No, because they have to stay here and build this church, which, of course, began on the day of Pentecost and is continuing on to this day and beyond until the Lord returns. Uh, with people being added to it. So uh, I want you to keep them from the evil, Father, so that they can endure, so that they can do my work. They are not of the world, verse 16, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And there's that truth again that uh, is so important. And we heard in, in one of the gifts about people that have known the truth and yet become proud and then you, you can lose it. It's very important to uh, hold on to that truth, the love of the truth with the spirit of humility. It says in Thessalonians that they receive not a love of the truth that they might be saved. When you start sort of stop loving the truth, that's when you're in danger. But uh, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Now, I want to look at a story in the Old Testament that uh, I think is quite instructive um, of this very same situation. So we've got the world, the world's full of evil. Um, it's temporal, it's not eternal, it's not offering life and that more abundantly. But in it are there's these faithful few, right? And, of course, we can relate to that. Um, so let's go back to Joshua chapter 2. The first five books of the, the Bible, uh, story of, you know, the stories of the uh, early patriarchs and the story of going down into Egypt and then becoming in bondage there and then, and then coming out of Egypt through the Red Sea, going through the wilderness and then coming towards the promised land, the land that God had promised them that would flow with milk and honey and that would be a place that they could dwell, a place for all the 12 tribes. And, uh, of course, they weren't able to just walk in. They came over the Jordan River with a, with a wonderful miracle, which is described here in Joshua in the early chapters, as the uh, water stands up in a heap and uh, they walk through the river on dry ground uh, in a, an echo of what happened in the Red Sea, and they come into the Promised Land. But that's not the end of the story. They have to fight for it, don't they? And we read about Joshua fighting against 31 kings and having to fight battle after battle. Anyway, here in chapter 2, they come to Jericho. And uh, we're going to read through this story. So in verse 1, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim. Joshua, for, for those that may be not aware, was the leader who took over from Moses after Moses died. Joshua sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And, of course, they are two of the Israelites that have come in secretly. 
And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not or knew not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of sh the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whither the men went, I wot not. Pursue them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords, and as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will show kindness you also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token and that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, our life for yours if you utter not this our business. So if you keep this secret and... When we are victorious over this city, if you have kept your word and keep the secret, then you will live, basically. If you don't, then we'll give up our lives in, in exchange. And it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days, until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may you go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. In other words, bring them into this house altogether. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. So if any perish but they're doing the right thing and staying in the house, well, then we'll take you know, our life for theirs. We'll give our life for theirs. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath, which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, according unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. And they went and came unto the mountain and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. And the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun and told him all things that befell him. 
And they said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord has delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. And uh, after this, we have uh, the, the crossing of the Jordan and so on. But this story here, where the spies go ahead and uh, make contact with this woman, Rahab, is highly symbolic. Um, a wonderful story. And Rahab, of course, great character of faith, is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And um, she is grafted into the genealogy of Jesus Christ. You know, you can read about that in, um, in the genealogies in the New Testament. Uh, this, this person, and yet it says that she was a harlot. I mean, um, they accused Jesus, didn't they, of why do you eat with women that are sinners and drinkers and sinners and so on? And he said, well, they need the position. The other people don't. They're self-righteous. And it's interesting that the Lord has chosen this person, this person who sort of represents a sin, if you like, to be this wonderful character of faith. And think about what she's done. She has to believe it. She has to believe in them. But more than that, she has to actually act on it. She has to do something. Um, she takes them and risks her own life by hiding these spies. She tells lies to, to, to the king to protect them and hides them on the rooftop and says, no, they went out, they went away, they're not here. They were there, they were on the roof hiding in these stalks of flax. Um, there's so many little things, by the way, you know, little mentions right through the story that are sort of echoes of other things in the Bible. But um, she's bold and courageous and faithful and true, um, not true to the king of this world, but true to the Lord and these these spies, and they make an oath with each other and they have an agreement, a covenant, if you like, between them, that she will live if she keeps the words that she has promised, and they also promise to her. And uh and we see, you know, the, the, the ransom, one life for another life. What does that remind you of? Jesus Christ, of course. You know, we'll give our life for your life if, if this thing doesn't work out. Um, and then she lets them down. Her house is on the wall. It's on the edge. She's a, like a fringe dweller in the city. That's, that's interesting, isn't it? It's not right in the middle. Like, just like we're not right in the middle of this world, you know, enjoying everything that it has, has to offer, all the, uh, fruits of sin and so on, we are keeping ourselves sort of on the edge. But in the fellowship, quite the opposite. We want to be in the middle of the fellowship. And we want to be in the center of the sheepfold. But uh, here she's on the edge of the city. She lets them down. And they tell her to, uh, um, in verse 12, she asks for a true token. And haven't we got a token of the Lord? It describes in the New Testament that uh, we have the Spirit, the earnest of our inheritance, the Holy Spirit. We have a token of it. We have this uh, evidence that we can speak in this language that we didn't learn, speak in tongues, a miracle which we can operate every single day. We heard it tonight in the meeting. We had that wonderful sign when we first received it, and we knew that something had happened. And it was a token. And in this case, uh, she has the, the scarlet line from the window 
that is going to be a token that this person is to be spared. And uh, we can liken that, of course, to Jesus, his blood, scarlet uh, uh, line of blood that, that was shed for us. And that scarlet, as I mentioned, there's an echo of many other uh, prophecies through the Bible. Um, the, the, the word scarlet and the word crimson in, in Isaiah actually refer to that uh, insect that uh, shed its blood for its young, which I've spoken about before. Um, and that's another talk. But uh, and also, interestingly, in this story, we see that uh, she had to bring all of her family, her father, her mother, her brethren, this is verse 18, and all her father's household home, and they all had to stay in the house. And if they went out of the house, they were in danger. Their life was in danger. And what does that remind us of? Reminds us of being in the Lord's house, in the, in the fellowship, and staying put. And as long as we're together and we're in the fellowship, we're worshipping spirit and truth, then the Lord, we can just be like little children, trusting in our Father, as, as uh, Jesus said to be, and uh, everything will be fine. But as soon as we go out of the house or out of the fellowship, start wandering around then our blood is on our own head we're in danger so so many little messages uh, through this story if we go up to um, chapter six we sort of see what happens and um, we won't read the story of, of going around the walls every day but uh just, just to set the scene, we'll read verse 1 and 2. Now, Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And you shall compass the city and go round about the city once. Thus shall thou do six days. And, and we know the story. So we'll skip that bit and go to where what happens to Rahab. Um, uh, verse 16, and it came to pass the seventh time, this is on the, uh, the last day, the seven, the seal of God, at the seventh time when the priest blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein, to the Lord, only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all that are with her in the house because she hid the messengers that we sent. And we see this uh, faith that she had, this trust that what was going to come to pass, even though it couldn't be seen, she trusted in the Lord uh, and she was willing to put her life on the line and hide these messengers. But here we're coming to the uh, climax where her faith is rewarded. And... Uh, Let's keep going. Verse 18, And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest you make yourself accursed. Um, and they're told all the people not to touch all the valuables, all the treasures of, the, of this city, because they're accursed. Verse 21, And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she has, in other words, all of her household, 
as you swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had, and they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel, outside the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had, and she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. And uh, we'll just leave it there. But those promises were kept, the covenant was, was kept, and the salvation came. Everything else, the city was destroyed. If that city represents this world, let's turn up to um, 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3, and uh, we'll see a likeness in the New Testament. Jesus, of course, in um, a couple of passages, talks about the end of the world. He's asked by his disciples, what are the signs of your coming and at the end of the world? And he does describe a lot of things that we see in the world today. Famines, pestilences, earthquakes, wars, rumours of wars. Um, and in Peter here, in verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Let's leave it there. And that's what's going to happen to this world. It talks about there will not, in this same chapter, that there won't be a flood like there was in Noah's time, which destroyed the known world at that time, but the second time will be fire, and, and the Lord will return to save his house. Just like Rahab's house was saved, he will come back. And here Peter is exhorting us, since the Lord is going to come back just like that, thief in the night, when you're not expecting it, you go to bed, you don't think, oh, I better make extra precautions tonight because the thief's coming tonight. You just go to bed like you do every other night. And, and then in the morning you wake up and, oh, I've been broken into, don't you? You know, you, it just comes out of the blue. You're not expecting it. Well, that, the Lord is making that comparison. You're just going to go back to your life. You're going to go to bed. You're going to do all the things you're normally doing. But suddenly... I'm going to be here. Um, Jesus said these same things, like a thief in the night. And here Peter is repeating it. And the heavens are going to pass away, the elements melting with fervent heat, things being burned up, just as we read about Jericho. But the house of God, Rahab, the sinner who was made righteous by faith, survives. Faith is the key. Let's finish in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter. And in verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, 
the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Just a brief reference there, but she's kind of placed in the Hall of Fame here, if you like, of faith, Hebrews chapter 11. And what a special person to just stand aside from the whole city and say, I believe in these people and what's the person looking after them and I want to be on their, their side. And she puts her life on the line and as we do, we lay down our life for the Lord as the Lord has asked us to do and to serve him and so on. She does that and a covenant is made. She has the token. She has the silver, oh, it's not silver, scarlet thread and um that is the, the sign. It's a sort of reference, oblique reference to Jesus Christ, of course, because he is the center of it all. Without him, there is no salvation. So just a bit of encouragement there from the Old and the New Testament and how they tie together here with the story of one particular story of faith. I'll just leave that there. 